welcome to the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Ashley, and I'm sick this time. Yay, we switched. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm Justine. And she's um, not sick this time. Not sick anymore. <laughs> I'm all like pumped. I'm like, Hercules Mulligan, I need no introduction. When you knock me down, I get the fuck back up again. <laughs> I'm hyped. And I'm like, yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> so you know the usual. Yeah. <laughs> Massy, I'm really sick. Aww. <laughs> I'll edit out the rest of your coughs. That one was that was your one. That was my one. That's good. <laughs> it's the worst. It is the worst. But but our podcast is not about sickness. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> it's not about sick. It's about the sickness of romantic comedies. I guess mm-hmm. the the human yeah. condition. The human condition. The mental health of of that we are slowly having rode away (laughs) yeah you know what this reminds me i was listening to another podcast and our promo was at the end of it and i'm like who are these happy people (laughs) (laughs) like we're so jaded now and then like our promo we're like so super sunshine happy and i'm like what i feel like our patron like our patreon video is like that too yeah (laughs) we are about a month away from ending season three starting season four we're yeah that's 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 a lot of rom-coms and this is this is we are jaded uh, af (laughs) yep three years of romantic comedies but anyway let's let's live in the now shall we it's the end of the world as we know it We've been chugging through 2001, as we said. We both, like, hate it and love it. I don't know. It's, like, a time we remember, but it's a, a, time, a time we should we forget. S- yeah. it's. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Because here it is, because it's both pre- and post-9-11. Yeah. Which um, has to do with this movie, Kissing Jessica Stein. Uh, it premiered at the L.A. Film Festival, I believe. Sorry, I'm going to get this all wrong, because I just quickly read it. And then in Toronto, it played... On September 10th and September 12th. Oh fuck! Yeah, and it had it takes place in New York. Yeah, it had scenes which were have been edited out since the festival run of World Trade Center. Yeah, so not the only movie on our list that has had you know New York World Trade Center shots uh, edited out, but I think this one was definitely having to do with the release date, like pretty much. On and around 9-11, the oof. It was like, uh, guys, yeah. get the colorist, get the editor. We got shit to do in a day. And then everything oh, had man. to be redone. That sucks. Now we've got this queer film. <laughs> yeah. There were parts that I really liked, and then there were parts that I was like, oh, that's a that's a thing. Yeah, <laughs> but there were parts that I really appreciated. But anyway, we can get into that after we get through who all is in it and participated in it. <laughs> oh, well, we didn't even get through the description yet. Yeah. Okay. DVD.com. First of all, I got to call out DVD.com <laughs> because I, I I got the DVD. I opened it up, took it out of its little sleeve, and it was disc two of Titanic. <laughs> That's uh, useful. That's not kissing Jessica Stein. <laughs> That's just too, it's the bad half of Titanic. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's the description of the of the movie but, that is but not. Did they fix I, it? Um, <laughs> did they fix? I ended up ordering it on Amazon. Thanks Amazon for being reliable. <laughs> the cutaways support Amazon Prime. We really do. We wish there were better like conditions for their warehouse workers, but we really yeah. do appreciate Amazon Prime. Okay, here's the description. Jessica is a single, straight, successful New York journalist who, like most of her female friends, has a history of dating male creeps. But when she answers an intriguing personal ad from Helen... Jessica finds herself intensely drawn to her. As Jessica explores this new side of her sexuality, the two begin a friendship that ultimately leads to romance. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Kind of. That's, that's okay. the movie, I guess. The movie stars Jennifer Westfeld, Heather 
Jogerson. I'm going for the German. <laughs> it seems German. Swedish? Oh, it could be Swedish. It seems more German, though. And Tova Filcha. She's the best. You attacked me like I want her to be my Jewish mother. I was like, everybody wants her to be. They wrote this part specifically for her. But also, in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, didn't they write that specifically really for, for her. her as well? Yeah. Like, she is want- the Jewish mother. <laughs> yes. I thought like I was waiting for her to start, like, going to sing. Sing? I yes. Was like, sing. Yes. Sing. <laughs> Do it, girl. This movie was directed by Charles Herman Wormfeld, and it was written by uh, the two lead women. Yeah, that's interesting for the way that the story goes. Yes. The editors were Christy Jacobs Maislin and Greg Tillman. There were two additional editors, and uh, the first additional editor was Jason Ensler. And the other additional editor was Nate Taylor, and he's also credited as an assistant editor. I found it interesting that for the additional editors, these were their only editing credits on IMDb. Hmm. They had other, you know, editorial department credits, but only these ones as a, like, editor. Maybe editor. Be, maybe it's because of they're the ones who cut out the, the, uh, the trade center stuff. Probably. They're the only ones yeah. that they could get, and it was the assistant editor. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's another line of assistant editors. There's Tina Pacheco. Pacheco. I like that name. Douglas Weiner. <laughs> also appropriate. <laughs> Blaine Hope, who was uncredited. And the, sis- the second assistant editor, Alexander Serpico, was uncredited. These all sound like made-up names. They do. <laughs> Though I it, like Blaine Hope is just a fantastic like he should be a comic book guy. Mm-hmm. Like well, well, and then book. Alexander Serpico as his like nemesis. Yeah, it's like they they are in a comic book battle with one another, yeah. and Alexander is possibly like some Lex Luthor evil genius mm-hmm. type. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This movie's rated R for sexual content and language. It's an hour and thirty seven minutes, and it was rated three stars on dvd.com and the reviews were pretty split some people loved it other people really did not like it called it queer baiting that's how sam felt yeah he really he was like this was directed by a man right and i'm like yeah and he's like yeah you can really tell i'm like okay because at that point i didn't get that in impression from it and he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it just feels like they're saying that a woman can't be like, I was really proud of him a little bit. I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, look at you. you. You grew. Good job, Sam. And I was like, oh, uh, or he said, um, yeah, it seems like what the guy is trying to do is say that oh, women are only lesbians when they're experimenting. And then they always end up going back to the guy because they can't live without a guy in their life. And I'm like, oh. Look at you being smart. But does he know it was written by the two women? Yeah, I told him that, and he's like, "That's weird." And I, yeah, that's, I like I don't I didn't get that impression, right, at all. But he like really latched on to the one specific scene where um, Helen is with her two gay friends, mm-hmm. and they were basically alluding to you weren't necessarily born gay. You were. Like, cause it's not like being born black. It's being you're, you are gay, but you're not born gay kind of. And he's like, that's, that's not how it is. And I'm like, yeah, but that was 2000. Like he wasn't looking at it from a 2001 perspective. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, how, how much do you know about like the history of how, you know, acceptance became a thing or, or even just acceptance within the LGBT community came about. Definitely. Cause that shifted a lot. Especially, like, when we look at the the changing definitions of words, like how transsexual used to be okay, and now it's not, but Mm -hmm. because it became transgender. Mm -hmm. And that's just from a time period standpoint. So it kind of becomes this interesting, like, case study of, yeah, I can see where you're getting the uncomfortableness, but I can also, I, like, I appreciate this for being a movie in 2001 and actually exploring bisexuality because that wasn't a thing. In especially 
the LGBT community, even still to today, there are some lesbian women who won't date bisexual women because they don't, you know, there's a stigma to it. Yeah. There's a stigma against bisexuality of like, oh, you're just like changing your mind or, oh, I don't want to be left for a man. Which they do. Helen does explore those fears and those feelings Mm -hmm. and she does ultimately end up coming to a conclusion. But at the same time, it's like I didn't find Jessica to be offensive or to solely be doing it just for experimentation, which a lot of these like a lot of queer baiting movies and bisexuality baiting movies do that where. The women's like, oh, I'm just here. I'm straight, but I just, I want to experiment. It's like um, Katy Perry. It's like Mm -hmm. she did it solely for the experience. She didn't really, she wasn't necessarily questioning her, her sexual, her sexuality. She was just like, I wanted to kiss a girl and see if I liked it. There's that level of where are you crossing the line and where is the time period that that line rides. Yeah, I saw a review on After Ellen and it was positive, and this is from 2002, and the article states, the key to experiencing this film, I realized after I watch it, is in how you approach it. If you want to, you can see this as a lesbian movie in which the women's relationship fails because one of the women goes, quote, back to the men. Or you can view it as a justification of the idea that women like Jessica only dabble in women while waiting for the right men to sweep them off their feet. I believe that these are inaccurate readings of the movie and really missing the point, but many lesbians and bisexual women will still see it that way. If you approach Kissing Jessica Stein as a mainstream movie that explores the sexuality as continuum theory, you are quite likely to find yourself watching a groundbreaking and entertaining film. Even if you don't like the story the movie tells, it's at least contributing to the dialogue around sexual attraction and relationships between women. And all without a single dead body. Yeah. There was no barrier gaze. Yes. (laughs) Oh my god. You know how much I hate that trope and it's like my least favorite. I'm like, hey, queer film where nobody dies. (laughs) (laughs) That's just how it needs to be introduced to every movie theater it ever plays at. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I agree with her in that it's it's kind of in how you are approaching it and kind of like your background. And- it's definitely something that if you have a similar experience or, or even just view, I think coming at it from like a 2018 perspective of, oh, this to me makes 100% sense because sexuality is fluid. I think the great thing about it is Jessica never defines herself as bisexual. She just is. Mm-hmm. So if you look at it from that perspective, she her sexuality is just fluid in and of itself, which is how I think we should look at it. Because, I mean, I look at some women and I'm like, yeah, Jennifer Lawrence. I'm like, yeah, I do that for sure. <laughs> she is beautiful and funny and just beautiful. But uh, like, oh, and. Lupita Nyago. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I yes. <laughs> <laughs> this suddenly turns into all the women we would bang podcast. <laughs> but like I think that the, but there is like I'm comfortable in my sexuality enough to be able to say I'd fuck Lupita Nyago. Like mm-hmm. but I think that's like how we should look at it and and how 2000 like how we are evolving to look at it. And even watching the movie in the context of all the other characters around that around Jessica, they were like they've never even heard of like gay people before. Yeah. They were like, "You're with you're with Jess you're with Helen." What do you mean? You're like going to dinner with Helen? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I'm with Helen. I was with with. Oh my god! <laughs> like. Like and then like you say the same sentence today. I was like, oh, I'm with so and so. Somebody would be like, ooh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> you, you go, girl. I'm proud of you. Yeah, like you do you. It's it's yeah. all about. It's definitely all about how you approach it. And but I can definitely see, like especially Sam's looking at it because without having the cultural context, mm-hmm. or, or or even the time period context. It can definitely come off 
oh yeah, women are only allowed to be with men. And she and Jessica has to go back to Josh because I'm like approaching <laughs> it and I'm like, oh, they're like, this is a bisexual movie. This is so much better than I thought it was going to be. And then I'm like, oh, wow. When you do say it like that, yeah, I do have a problem with her going back to Josh because they were like Helen and, and, and Jessica were very sweet together Mm -hmm. like there was definitely like an aspect and we didn't explore the like that's the biggest thing that i had a problem with was we didn't explore the relationship with josh at all it was just like a little touches of it i i was definitely not team josh because he was so unlikable in the first half and stalkery yeah i'm like ew gross and then like He's like completely turned around in the second half, but still I'm like, I don't like you. <laughs> I mean, I have a soft spot for Scott Cohen because he was in um, The Last Kingdom, which is like a lovely uh, Disney cha- Disney miniseries that they used to do. Like, I don't know. But I feel like my tone would be different if it was John Hamm. Like, I was like, bring John Hamm back. <laughs> no, and John Hamm was adorable. Like, with the glasses, I was like, hey, look, it's yes. John Hamm. Look, look, babe, it's John Hamm. It's St. Louis's own John Hamm. <laughs> <laughs> That's his full name. St. Yeah, Louis's John Hamm. <sighs> okay, so do you have any other uh, first thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was a decent movie. I didn't, I didn't hate it, and I didn't love it. Like, there were parts where I was just like, no. Why? Like creepy, like the the juxtaposition of creepy Scott Cohen standing in the in the background, and then the, like the thunderstorm happening, and it's like, what is he gonna do? Like tackle her? <laughs> like as they're leaving, and then he goes and like is snooping in her desk, and and all. Like I did not. I wish it would have explored. Like I wanted more of like the information about when they were in college together. Like I just wanted something that connected them on a level that made me like, Oh, okay. I'm okay with them being together at the end. The ending was so off putting. Yeah. Like how are you supposed to root for him? I didn't even really think of it in the terms of how we, how are we supposed to root for him? It was more of how are we supposed to be okay with this happening? Because of, we know nothing about like for right. all we know he's a stalker and a rapist so yeah, and at the end it's like all of a sudden she's got like this crush on him that she's always had i don't know yeah there was no like we didn't get like a scene where they were talking to like her brother or something that like she's like a- an aha moment where she realizes that she had a crush i, I mean i'm assuming that it happened because it we were jumped ahead like six months later or something three like months. that. Three months later. Yeah, three months yeah. didn't make sense. Yeah. It had to be like, it had to be longer than that. Okay. So the movie starts out in a church, Jewish church. Temple. And it's during, um, it's what the Catholics call like reconciliation, but they call it something different. It's during atonement. atonement. And... Jessica's mother, the great Tova. Tova. It was as soon as she like came on the screen, I was like, I am here for this. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to set up Jessica at Temple. Which is what Jewish mothers do, apparently. Uh Jessica is a painter. She lives in New York, works for the Tribune. That Tribune set (laughs) was the worst (laughs) newspaper set I've ever seen. I don't know, they rented some room, like some office room, and then just put on the wall a sign that said New York Tribune. <laughs> like, no, just make it a different paper or something. Just no. When you think about newspaper offices, it's all the president's men. It's like the newspaper scenes in Zodiac. It's this big open yeah. space and there's uh-huh. lots of talking and there's lots of like things going on. It just felt like they were shoved in the back room somewhere. Yeah. And we're like, we don't care about you guys. But do we even know like what they cover? Like did anybody do any type of work <laughs> at this <laughs> at this just office? Gossiped. Yeah. <laughs> about each other's love lives. It's like, let's read the the want ads in the newspaper mm-hmm. and like the 
the missed connections ads or whatever. Yeah. It's like reading okay. Craigslist today. <laughs> so she's at work and her brother calls and, oh, my God, he's getting married, which makes her, you know, feel like a 28-year-old single woman. You know, I'm 29 and that was just baffling to me. <laughs> Girl, mm-hmm. what? Girl, you, what? You're working at a new, like, get off your ass, Rory Gilmore, and calm down. <laughs> Her apartment was so cool. Book goals. <laughs> like, I probably, it doesn't exist. Like, that probably was a set. You know, I was just, when she moved in with Helen, I was just like, where are all her books? Where were her books at? She didn't move her books. I didn't understand that because I was like, uh, Jessica's apartment had a fucking spiral staircase in the middle of it up to the top of the roof. <gasps> yes. Why did they? I always wanted one. Why did they move into Helen's apartment where she doesn't even have a proper bed? And yes. Just puts a mattress on the floor. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Like, I'm Why? sorry. Jessica's apartment was superior. <laughs> Like, the problems that I have with this movie are mostly Helen's bed. (laughs) Yes! Like, why? Ugh, ugh. Okay. Jessica has a date with a gym guy, and it's bad. And then it turns into a series of bad dates. Where we have a ton of cameos of people who are, like, in Big Bang Theory. Yeah, I was like, there are a fuck ton of people in this movie. And then John Hamm appears at the end, and I'm like, what? Yeah. And, like, Michael Showalter's eating out Helen. I'm just like, what? What? (laughs) They just called up everybody they knew. That was nasty, for the record. (laughs) You didn't like it because his face was all slimy and sweaty. (laughs) And she wasn't enjoying it, and I was just, no, no, why? (laughs) Okay. Okay, so Jessica has bad dates, and the guys are all awful. Helen, we see, we meet Helen by pretty much, it's like the opposite world. Yeah. We go to this art gallery, and there's a ton of queer people, like, all, like, mingling and kissing and looking at art. And then Helen gets a package. Yeah, she does. (laughs) (laughs) Which, I did not like this transition, for the record. Which one? The transition into the, the art thing because i was no. like i i was we were so into jessica uh, and i was like oh so she's going to an art show and she's gonna meet like that's where she's gonna meet helen like okay cool but then that never happened and it was just a strange transition into helen and her cheating uh, with some dude and then intentionally taking this other dude in the back to have sex with and then talk to the other dude like it was just there were so many characters at the beginning. Like, we probably met Josh. We probably met Joan. And I'm like, I there's just, everybody just flying at you in the first. And then all of these side characters. Yeah. So Helen puts together an ad with her her queer friends, which I thought were roommates, but are not. <laughs> no, they're partners. But I thought they were her roommates. Oh, like, I thought she yeah. Lived, no, I thought that she made lived sense. with these two gay guys. Yeah. Like, because that's, we're just, like, introduced to them hanging out in the guys' apartment. Yeah, the transitions were just strange. And she's, like, eating cereal there, so. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. And she, her, she was wearing pigtails, like, I could barely recognize her from the previous scene. <laughs> so, I didn't really even, like, connect the dots in those scenes, because at this point, I was, I was annoyed. I was like, this is too much information for me to digest in 15 minutes. Like we're going from bing, bang, boom, bang, boom. And it's like, I don't know who she is. I know that she's fucking around with people, but I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't know why we're going along. I I mean, I knew why, because I knew the premise of the movie, but I'm like, this is extraneous information that we don't really need. When you're in film school, they always tell you start in the middle because, Mm -hmm. because, People can fill in the blanks, and it's often better for the audience to fill in the blanks. Yeah, and it's less boring. You just get, like, right to the action at hand. Yeah, and, and it gives a... It, there doesn't need to be any of this setup. Because then it, it felt like Helen's fucking around with these guys, so she's bored with these guys. 
And then this girl flirts with her, gives her a look or whatever. So she's like, I'm going to go try women. So that's what it, it, it felt like that. Yeah, it was very, it was confusing about who Helen was. You're right. So she puts together the ad and Jessica at work, her coworker Joan is reading the ad and it starts off with this quote that we had heard Jessica really like previously. And so she's like drawn to the ad because of the quote. And I like how the, the co-worker's like, oh, sorry, it's women seeking women. Sorry, put this away. <laughs> and then she's like, I got to do work. Let me read this. And then Josh like sneaks up on her and is like, what are you doing, Stein? I, I hated that he called her Stein. Oh, my <laughs> God. Josh at the beginning is terrible. Yes, 100%. So there's an after-work co-worker dinner party. Joan is trying to set up Jessica with John, John Hamm. Ham. And his tiny but little glasses. He's so adorable, but he's already taken. Yeah. But then also Josh is at this dinner, and apparently she has told everybody about all these horrible men she's been on dates with. And Josh just totally like drags her in front of everybody and says, maybe it's not the men that are problematic. Maybe it's you, Jessica. Well, and so this was super confusing. I did not understand why he was so mad at her. It, it seemed to me like before that we knew that they had a history. I was like, is he crushing on her? Because he's all like perturbed, like he's doing his poo face. But it was excessive. Yeah. Like, I understand the whole thing. Like, it can be excessive when you're five years old and, you know, the whole boys show their emotions and anger because of society and shitty masculine themes with our patriarchy. Because it's bad Mm. for the boys, too. So I was just like, is he just mean because he's mean? Like, is he just so jaded that he hates everybody that has... Like, I mean, he was sitting there with a bimbo, essentially, or who they made off to seem like a bimbo. Someone who's not intellectual. Yeah. Yeah. I did not understand his character motivation at the beginning at all. Yeah. And then we go home and she's like, oh, yeah, he went to school with my brother and we were in college together and I was a year behind them or blah, 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 blah. And it's like, but how I need more than just... We were in college together. We did find out at this point or later that they had dated. She tells Helen. I thought it was much later. Okay, so much later when Helen meets him. So Jessica goes to meet Helen at a bar, but then like nopes out of it right away. Which I thought this was cute. I liked I liked Jessica's nervousness. Mm-hmm. She played that really well. Well, I, I like the anxiety of the... F- quote-unquote first date but then the added tinge of should I really be doing this kind of thing yeah we don't really know why she's decided to no not this none the and this is the problem with the beginning is none of the motivations are clear at right all. And why does Helen like insist that she stay yeah and and why does Helen insist on doing this in in the first place like it just feels like she did it out of boredom and to mm-hmm. be edgy and cool. And that's kind of what her, her gay friends present or one of her gay friends presents to her later on when they're having that very strange conversation about whether or not you're born gay. Right. It's like they had the idea for this movie of like, I want a straight woman to date a bisexual woman. Well, how do we get to that point? I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. And then they become best friends. Like, I love the aspect of them having this relationship and then becoming best friends at the end. Like, cause that's really what each o- they each were seeking from each other in the end. Mm-hmm. Like I liked that aspect of the end. I didn't like her ending up with Josh. I mean, I just, I wish Jessica would have just been like, okay, this is me. I'm, I'm straight. Like she never has this moment where she's like, this is me or this is the realization. Like I was just trying this on but that's not who I am or, or this was just a part in my journey and it gave me a really good best friend out of it. Like there was just never this realization moment of like, why didn't she want to have sex with Helen? Yeah. I guess the movies of the time where you stay in a relationship of comfortability 
or you think that you found every all of the answers and now you have no growth you know you do have to be intimate with your partners you do well, you, don't, you don't have to like if there's the agreed upon thing <laughs> that mm-hmm. that's part of the relation i don't want to distance ourselves from from asexual listeners because mm-hmm. that's the they have relationships with people that are not sexual and that's totally fine but yeah. like if it's agreed upon that you're going to do it in that relationship then you know every once in a while you should do it more than once a month more way more than once i mean yes way more than once a month like i'm not chastising anybody who does it once it's it's a hard line to follow like it's just like if this is the agreed upon social contract that you have entered into then you need to make sure that everyone's needs are met that's the better way of saying it yeah that's what i was gonna say yeah that's exactly what i was gonna say needs are met yeah okay so yeah there's this thing of jessica doesn't really want to be there but helen really wants her to be there convinces her to stay just come have one drink multiple drinks later they talk about jessica's dates they talk about sexy ugly um which is a real thing yeah (laughs) (laughs) new year's they um jessica is just like flustered about like what do i what am i attracted to what and then like helen says i just find i find a lot of different things sexy which i'm like preach (laughs) there it is they go for dinner. They're in the back of the cab. There's the the blending lipstick metaphor, which I thought Sam was would like. You can never find just one. Never, never just one. Need a blend. I didn't like it, but that was no. just me. I was so confused at this point. I'm like, so what? What is hat like? Again, motivations were very unclear. Like we're having these two women that want that that were previously dating men that are now experimenting. But they aren't being honest about that with one another. Except for maybe Jessica. She was pretty honest and open about her dates. But Helen, I don't... Was Helen honest about that? Because she was still getting blown by what's-his-face when she was supposedly seeing Jessica. They weren't, like, committed at that point. I believe, Especially, like, Jessica wasn't at the point of having being yes. ready to have sex with her yeah yet. no totally and it's jessica just... was totally fine with her like going out and getting what she needed while she was waiting for her <laughs> it just seemed odd yeah it was a little quirky like once we get into the relationship though i feel like everything kind of falls into place and that that part of the movie is so well done and like the family aspect of it and then the coming mm-hmm. out aspect of it was really well thought out and planned it's just like getting into that i don't know where everyone stands and i should especially in this relationship i should know at least a semblance of the the logic behind this Mm -hmm. okay here's a line that uh helen is telling jessica at dinner all the variety of men she orders like so-and-so when i'm hungry so-and-so when i'm bored so-and-so when i want to fuck and then Jessica says, well, who do you call when you get sick? And Helen goes, I never get sick. Which was great because she gets sick. Yeah. They go out for ice cream and Helen asks Jessica, what do you do to be happy? And Jessica goes, nothing, I'm not. <laughs> and there's this whole, how do you know who you are until you try everything? And she's like, well, I already know how I'll react to everything. And then, of course, Helen kisses her. Yeah. And... There was some interesting conversation about therapy as well, which I think was it, it's the very it's the Woody Allen thing to do at this mm-hmm. point where it's like I'm in therapy. And then um, Helen asked, well, what does your uh, therapist think about this kind of stuff? And she's like, oh, no, that she doesn't know about this stuff. She, that's too personal. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't tell my therapist. That's way too personal. Yeah. So and, and that's a very Woody Allen thing to say. Yes. You're right. Which I was slightly annoyed by. But again, it's the time period, so it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Jessica goes to Helen to... She approaches her newfound, as she puts it, lesbianism in an academic sense. It was very clinical. Yes. She's like, here's a pamphlet. Here are these things that lesbians do. I wanted to know what was on the back of that pamphlet. 
It was a strap-on. Well, no, I know, but like they were holding it. I wanted to see it. Like yeah. the way you they wanted to see the the graphic of the strap on yeah. and how it was done. Because they were holding it in a way that made it seem like there were other things going on. Like if it was one of yeah. those dual ended strap ons. What are they doing? What are this New York informative pamphlets saying? Yes. For them to do. Please please forward along. Yes. <laughs> Intriguing. <laughs> Helen's like, you know, we don't we don't need the high tech stuff. Uh, I just like the 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 old fashioned way and just gives her a glass of wine. Yeah. And then it's this montage of them getting closer to having sex Mm -hmm. or getting comfortable with having sex. Yes. I I read another review that equated these scenes to jessica kind of becoming a virgin all over again and then later on losing that virginity in her childhood bedroom you know oh no i loved that parallel yeah i thought that was i there's something about like coming of age about it that Mm -hmm. flips it on its head a little bit like in a sense yes you are you're not a virgin anymore but at the same time this is it's it's a way of being symbolically a virgin a virgin and and um coming at a new experience in this way and like realizing that there isn't this like step process that happens and that's why i really liked it it was it was like it became this thing that naturally happened which i think is how people when they first have sex are like that we like we appreciate approach it from like Mm -hmm. uh this is the path that you're supposed to follow or this is the checkbox that you're supposed to check in sex when it comes down to it it's not that at all it's yeah it just that it happens when she goes home she's safe enough to let nature happen Mm -hmm. so i liked that progression let's skip some things let's Go forward a bit because there's some things we've kind of already because we're at the done. We're at the like three months in the future part, right? Yeah, I did want to just say about the mom inviting everybody over for Shabbos. <laughs> That's how they all get to the house. She's trying to set up Helen with Stanley, who works for IBM. I loved Tova, and Josh is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just. Good Tova scenes. And well, then that's and how they end up in bed. It was a fantastic dinner scene. Yeah. Like, and dinner scenes are so hard to do. So I was down for that. I was like, this is, this is great. And she's pulling the rolls out of the oven. And she's like, so what do you think about Stanley, Helen? Like, <laughs> is, is Jessica seeing anybody, Helen? Yeah. Like, I loved that. It was just like, she was so welcoming. We do also get a scene with Josh and the brother talking about Josh's artistic frustration, which leads into something later. This like went way over my head because I didn't think the scene was necessary. (laughs) Well, it just feeds into Josh is no longer a writer. The end (laughs) until later. Yeah, but we didn't have like I just didn't care, I guess, is the sense is why am I supposed to care about Josh? Why why are we as an audience supposed to care about Josh and and they've just failed to give me anything. Also, this grown man, he does not look like a Josh and that bothers me. <laughs> no, he's a Scott. He's 100% a Scott or a Max. Yeah, he's not a Josh. He's not a Josh. All I'm thinking about is like Josh Baskins from Big. It's <laughs> <laughs> so true. Okay, so 3 months later after Helen and Jessica have sex supposedly done the do it, it it went to black and we heard kissing noises <laughs> i mean yeah because anything else would get you a fucking nc-17 rating in 2001 yeah <laughs> at the office joan is really concerned like you don't call you don't write what are you gonna tell me about him because obviously she's seeing someone this is jessica's like i can confirm i'm seeing someone yes that is true it doesn't say anything it alludes that it's a man yeah she keeps calling him he yeah, Josh overhears, and he's all like, Mr. Big Heartbroken now. But why do we care? I don't know. Okay, then we get the scene with Helen and her gay friends talking. Fighting with the swishy Fighting. camera. Yeah, 
one of them says Helen, the guy who's angry, Helen is an affront to the gay community going out with this woman. This is a very weird scene. Yeah, it's a very weird scene, but they had a couple great lines of an orgasm is an orgasm. Doesn't matter who's giving it to you. Yes. <laughs> and then the guy gives him such a, the, the, the blowjob, like, burn. Yeah, no, that was my favorite line in the entire yeah. movie, which He's was, like, oh. go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So, oh God, I don't even know their names. I don't even know like if they ever said their names. I don't think they did. But like the 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 agreeable guy is like, okay, so if Helen gives you a blowjob or if I give you a blowjob, you're not gonna know the difference. And then the one who's angry is like, I don't know, does Helen like get tired halfway through and give up? <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> they have things to work out in their relationship. <laughs> He's like, that happened one time. <laughs> you were drunk <laughs> and you couldn't even get off. Yeah, you weren't even like you like you couldn't even get it up. You couldn't keep it up. Yeah, and it was just like whoa, 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 fellas. <laughs> <laughs> this is a sore spot in their relationship. But it gets to the point of if you guys are so together, how come we haven't met her? How come you're not introducing her to your friends if you have a real relationship? And that is a sticking point. Well, that's real. Mm-hmm. They're Helen and Jessica are shopping. And Helen's like, why don't you make noise and we have sex? <laughs> Which I am with Jessica. You don't know. Not when you're shopping. Yeah. With the people very close to you. And yeah. Trying to buy some fruit. Like you go out in the car and you fight in the car. Mm-hmm. In the parking but- lot at Target. You don't do it inside the Target. And then, so Joan shows up, and she's just like, hi, oh my god, you're here. And then, of course, Jessica's like, this is my friend, Helen. And just, like, watching Helen's face during this whole interaction where she just zones out. Yeah. (laughs) When I like how Jessica's voice, like, did this thing where it's just, it's like, it got really high, and then it got really low, and then it got really high, and like... Yeah. This is my friend! Yeah. (laughs) And just, like... We're making brownies. Disrespect. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. But right after, in the comfort of her own home, Jessica tells Joan. Like, it cuts to her and she's like, lesbians! (laughs) (laughs) I am shocked. This is radical. And I'm like, whoa, 2001, you're showing. (laughs) But she was, like, totally okay with it. Yeah, but Jessica's having this major panic attack. Yeah. She's like, I don't know if I should do this. I don't know if I should do this. I don't know if I should do this. And then like Joan's like, well, tell me what she's like. And then she describes her and it's all these wonderful things she likes about her. And Joan's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you should totally stop doing this sarcastically. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. And this is going to sound really bad. But Jessica is displaying Catholic guilt as a Jew. So, <laughs> like, it's not I just didn't... regular Jewish guilt. I didn't know there was Jewish guilt, too. Like, again, I a Catholic family. There's Jewish suffering, which we've learned. That's why I wanted her to sing so bad the suffering song. Please, <laughs> your ex-girlfriend. Everyone should watch it. It's so good. This isn't the podcast about crazy ex-girlfriend, though. So this next part is where I really got the feels. When Jessica's dress shopping for the wedding with her mom, Tova invited Helen and then, like, oh, my God, when Helen was like, what's all this? And Tova's like, you didn't tell her? You didn't tell her? And I'm like, oh, my God, why? 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 <laughs> she was invited to the wedding and everything. What a dick yeah, move. Like, I know. And the, so they have this big fight on the street. Like, we are in a relationship, and you are, like, keeping me out of sections of your life. Like, and you can your see- family. You can see the people that walk by the camera and that are specifically staring at the camera because, you know, they didn't have the permit to block off the street in New York. Yeah. So there's like actual people just walking in the shot. Yeah. I loved that. I'm sorry. Like there was this emotional turmoil moment. I'm like, they were not planned there. They they Mm -hmm. are not extras. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like she feels so ashamed. She's like, take me to your brother's wedding. Jessica's like, I can't. And she's like, well, I can't either. And breaks up with her right on the street. Fuck you, too. Yeah. Well, it's, that's fucked up. No, that's 100% fucked up. Like, it's it's a thing 
That would happen, though. Yeah. Like, in any relationship that you didn't want, like, to look bad in your parents' eyes, I think, would happen. Because I think that's where it's coming from. She's afraid that her family isn't going to support it. Yeah. It's not explicitly said, but there's definitely a strange fear there. I think she just doesn't, she's not ready to, like, come out. Which Helen should be okay with. Yeah. I mean, I think in in our culture today, we try our best not to force people to come out about mm-hmm. their sexuality. I mean, the media and famous people is bad. But I yeah. think as a culture, we, we're like, no, they'll come out when they come out or they won't. And that that's okay. Yeah. And the wedding was next week. So it's not like she's like, okay, I'll come out to just like these immediate family members or this would be coming out to the whole community yeah the whole jewish family Mm -hmm. on both sides so jessica's sad and helen's sad and joan gives birth and uh there's a rehearsal dinner but also at the same night is the gallery opening that we totally didn't mention that jessica's a painter and Helen owns a gallery, so she's got her painting in the gallery. That was totally just, like, not necessary. (laughs) But Josh goes there and brings roses for Jessica because he's totally like... I'm in love with Jessica now. I'm in love with Jessica. Shit, but he looks at At her painting. And Helen's like, Jessica takes risks in her work that she doesn't anywhere else. And that prompts Josh to start writing again. Which, again, we don't get to see the painting. Right! Which uh, I guess bothered me. But again, they probably didn't have the budget. Yeah, and it's one of those, like, it's better in your head. <laughs> Not for me. Like, I, no? It's, it's like um, Sucker Punch, where you don't actually get to see What's-Her-Face dance, and yet it's described as this most amazing... It's left so vague that it's supposed to put that in your... In your head or right. in your man- imagination, but it's so off-putting that it's not you're not being shown it, that it feels like a secret, and secret secrets are no fun. Secrets should be for everyone. So okay. that, that's where it comes from. Oh, going back to the, the rehearsal dinner, did you notice in the background that a PA opened the door? No. Yeah. So in, oh my God. in the background, they're doing that nice shot where it goes uh, from the window across. And Mm -hmm. you see the door open and then you see the oh shit moment and he like scoots out a shot. (laughs) Lock it up. (laughs) I want to go back and just look in the background for. Yes, I missed Adina Menzel's cameo. Oh, I did too. I had no idea where she was. And then she was in the credits and I'm like, what? She's a bridesmaid. This movie had everybody. It did. Okay. After the rehearsal dinner, did you cry? Did you cry so hard? When? Oh, when th- when uh, Tova had her lovely mm-hmm. motherly speech, yes. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. me and Sam together were crying. Oh, my God. That acting <laughs> was amazing. So good. And, like, Sam was like, oh, no, she's good. she knows. She knows. What's she going to do? What's she going to do? And then she's like, I really like that girl. And Sam's like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he the was way like she starts, she chokes up. She, yeah, I think she's a very nice girl. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, she's crying. I'm crying. We're all crying. <laughs> it's beautiful, and I wanted to be my Jewish mother so bad. That was the best thing that could have happened. Tova is gold, dude. That and that was just a great decision to like hold on that moment. The way I don't know if she chose that moment or if she. I don't know. It just felt like as an actor, she kind of fell into it because she started to break. She kind of laughed at herself and then continued it. I don't know if it was a choice, but what it it, it felt so real. Yeah. Like it yes. felt like a mother who loved her daughter so much that she was willing to kind of let go of her misconceptions and notions and just be there like I, I never felt like like because you have this preconception of her being a crazy ex-girlfriend where she's so controlling and so so scared for her daughter and wanting her daughter to be safe that she's psychologically damaging but there's that that welcoming and then just that it wasn't like it, it's like she kind of 
went through and dealt with her fear for her child and got to acceptance, like all in that moment. Mm-hmm. Like she had yeah, so many emotions. Just given the speech about her quitting the play and that she would have been so much happier if she didn't quit. Yeah. And she's like, you never know what you can do if you don't try, you know. And and she's like, oh, God, in that moment, I knew that this child was going to suffer. <laughs> sing the song. Yeah. No, that was when I was like, sing the song. Tova, sing, sing the, the song. song. <laughs> sing it. <laughs> okay. Okay, so Josh calls Jessica, but she misses it because Jessica goes right away to Helen's to invite her to the wedding. She's like, do you want to wear this dress? Yes. And at the wedding, the family is very accepting. Oh, my God. I loved this. Like this whole section where they're all like crowding around Helen and like asking the questions of like. Did you love the grandma? Yes. I loved the grandma. The flat chested comment. Yes. She's like, how could she be with her? She's flat chested. I'm like, oh, all the feels. I love it. I just it's like it's it's fun watching it now because our culture Mm -hmm. is so much more accepting than what it was back then. Yeah. So it's like, these are the types of moments that gave kids in that time period hope. And now they've created this better world. And it's like, oh, progress does happen in 10 years. And uh, more than 10 years. Yeah. You think about a whole people were born then are becoming adults now. Yeah. You know, didn't have to live like that. You know, when you do look at things from like, things like that from a historical standpoint it's like we get so caught up in the now of things that we forget that eventually it is going to get better because we are not going to let this now happen again mm-hmm. okay so during the wedding josh shows up he shows up late because he overslept because he was writing and he starts talking to jessica and helen's talking to joan now they are talking for a while because it turns night. Whereas I just think it was one of those things in independent films of like, okay, we have to shift from shifting from day to night is like in in one day is really fucking hard. Yes, <laughs> because you you just can't. It has to be day or it has to be night. Well, yeah, because you can't just hold your crew. Well, I mean, you can. It's just very mean to hold your crew to like a twenty four hour day. Right. Yeah. So it's either you're shooting during the daytime or you're shooting during the nighttime. Anyway, so to me, it gives the appearance of they're talking for a very, very long time and longer than I think they realistically would have been talking. This whole, like, I loved the wedding and I loved, like, the acceptance and everything. And then this scene didn't. (laughs) And then Josh shows up. (laughs) Well, it didn't fit. It didn't make much sense. And, like, I just, I don't know. I mean, I guess I understand why it had to be there to get to the ending that they wanted to get to, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just didn't get anything from it that I felt was emotionally insightful. Right. So Josh talks to Jessica and s- confesses he's been really sad because she's been happy because he wanted to be the one to make her happy. And he discovered this because he's uh happy writing because of her yeah which is a lot to put on her yeah and then he kisses her and he's like do you want to go to dinner and she's like i can't go to dinner because i'm with helen oh you're going to dinner with helen (laughs) no i'm with helen as in with with (laughs) like yes josh it together come on keep up (laughs) Yeah, and again, that's coming from, like, our perspective now. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like it did need to be explained that way in that time period. But it's like, now we're just like, okay, whatever. Yeah, if somebody was like, I'm with someone, you're like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, my bad, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> right away. I will, I will step off. Yeah. Jessica moves into Helen's and then there's this montage where they have Chris Mahanaka together and Jessica meets Helen's friends 
but they're also not having sex anymore. And then we get three months later a fight. We never have sex. And Jessica's crying. And Helen says, what we have is a friendship. I want to be with someone who wants to rip my clothes off, who craves me. So they break up. Yeah. My belief about relationships is that they have to be allowed to ebb and flow and that you're not... And I think that's like a problem that movies present is that they forget to add the ebb and flow. Like they get stuck on the whole one thing. Like I get that Helen is a very sexual person, but she's not allowing any, she's just not allowing anything for Jessica. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I connected with Jessica more and I'm like, I'm defending her and I want to protect her and keep her safe. But, um, I was a little, I was a little upset with Helen and it's the same thing with Josh. It's just like we're putting these very intense expectations on Jessica. She's clearly uncomfortable and she definitely does need to open up her her shell a little bit, but to do it all in this one fell swoop like you you have to come out to your parent like any in, in in any sense she didn't really necessarily come out. Her mom, you know, made her feel safe so that she could have that that relationship like revealed and and I don't think that we should punish her for that and I definitely do agree that everybody's needs need to be met but that's like the conversation needs to happen like Helen should have had a conversation with her instead of having it be this big blow up Mm -hmm. so I was just I was a little disappointed that Helen didn't get to the ability to grow like Jessica did yeah it did kind of surprised me a little bit although I could foresee that they were setting up uh, Jessica and Josh but at this point I was still like Jessica and Helen Jessica and Helen that's what I want that's how I want this movie to end well and that's who we were set up to root for this entire time so it's like I'm really kind of pissed off at this character and while this is a very natural thing in an in a early relationship I think we get set in the whole, I'm angry because I'm angry, or I'm upset because I'm upset, or I'm uncomfortable because I'm uncomfortable, instead of really self-reflecting and understanding where that comes from, in a sense. Mm-hmm. So when we don't do that, we can't communicate to our partner. And so that in and of itself hurts our partner. Yeah. Then, then what are we, three months later again? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jessica is pulling out flyers looking for artists to share a studio space with. And she runs into Josh. And they both had quit the paper to pursue their arts. Josh is like, so how's Helen? And she's like, Helen dumped me. She wanted to be with someone a little more gay. Yeah, and then we see Helen with this new girl in a in her bed, and I think that shot is for the audience to be like, "See, Helen's happy. Helen's fine. Let's see. Let's make Jessica happy and fine. Oh, she likes Josh, and she's using email. She gives Josh her email. Yeah, because she was like computer agnostic. Yeah, and then um. You know, they're like, oh, we're just all bumbly and like, yeah, this is, let's, let's, let's hang out sometime. And the audience is like, this makes no sense. Okay, if you must, guess. Because you're the only guy that we know. Yeah, oh, that's a shame. Bring back John Ham. Yeah. What's he doing? What happened to him three months later? Six months he later. Yet? Five months oh, later. God. Eight months later. A year. <laughs> Oh, that would have been fucking great if John Hamm showed up at the end. I'd have been like, yes! Yes! <laughs> no, like, he runs into her at a bookstore. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, hey, Helen. Like, how are you? And then she's like, I'm doing good. And then it was, like, more of a natural thing rather than mm-hmm. this awkward forced thing before- between her and Josh. Mm-hmm. But then she meets up with Helen for lunch and they gossip about Josh. And I think it's really cute that Helen was talking on the phone to Tova. Yeah. You know? And then they were besties, which was cute. But uh, yeah, I think is very much like, okay, audience, everybody's going to be happy and you're going to be fine with how everybody ended up because they're happy. Yeah. For me, 
The movie should have ended with Jessica not being with anybody, but her and Helen being free. Because I I like that aspect. I like the aspect of saying that it's okay to be friends with your exes or it's okay to establish your relationship, like to maintain a friendship, even though there was some hurt there, like, Mm -hmm. uh, like things move on or things progress or, or things work out in a way that we don't always see from the beginning or we don't always predict. And that's okay. Were you still like Jessica? Who are you? Yes. Yes, I was. I, I, but I want, and so that's why I think like the, the, the three months later things are the are some part of the problem because we're missing a little bit of the, the information. We're not seeing Jessica grow, which leads to a disconnect because we've spent an hour with this very specific character that has these very specific neuroticisms. And we just see her like have sad montages. Yes. And then we never see like a growth out of that until we are told that it happens and 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 here's the thing Mm -hmm. future filmmakers listening to this is you can tell somebody until you're blue in the face but if you do not show it within an action the audience is not going to be as emotionally connected to it no matter what it's that i'll believe it when i see it exactly so we are conditioned in the way that we need to see a, some type of growth and if we don't we're not gonna believe it no matter how much how many times you or another character tells us okay let's uh let's wrap this up let's do um how's my marketing if you search kissing jessica stein poster on the internet there's a there's a couple cute ones mostly this movie is known for the poster of just jessica sitting on a New York skyline where the building windows are all hearts and she's holding a heart and there's a heart in the middle of kissing and the S is backwards so it looks like a hair. Mm-hmm. It looks like dolphins kissing. <laughs> it looks like dolphins kissing. Or swans. A funny, smart, fresh look at sex and the single girl. I mean, it's cute. The poster is cute. I do think the poster is cute. It's cutesy. But it doesn't tell me at all what the movie is about. She has really good hair in the poster. She had really bad hair in the movie. She's got like Jennifer Aniston hair yeah. in the poster. No, she looks all glammed up. She did not look like this at all in the movie. No, yeah, I think it, it just looks like a dating. Mm-hmm. A date. It's a dating movie. This this woman's gonna find some romance. Yeah, it's like summer loving. I like it. I like the poster. It's cute. That's the thing we come down to. It's cute. It's cute. <laughs> but it doesn't sell me on anything. I'd rate it like a four on the poster. On the poster. A four out of like 10. Whoa. That's all I got to say. <laughs> okay. Let's rate this sucker. Dun, 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 dun. I have a rating. Okay. Hit me with your best shot. Hit me with your best shot. Sorry. I had to. I'm going to give this movie three and a half dresses that you can share with your girlfriend. <laughs> That's a good one. I'm going to rate it three package deliveries. Oh! Always with the dicks with you. (laughs) Ashley, we've got a mailbag from Dumb and Busted Podcast. That's a fun name. Neville Longbottom just got married. What? (laughs) The internet. Oh my God, he's so happy. Look at his face. Oh God. I'm like crying for him. I like his tweet about it. Oh, what was his tweet? Where is it? Not only did I miss at Arctic Monkeys in LA, but they were performing in Italy at the same time we were there and my wife made me get married instead. Fuming. (laughs) Holy fuck. That's something you would write. Like, well, I guess I'm missing this show. Like, Green Day's doing their comeback tour or whatever, and, you know, I couldn't get tickets, so I got married instead. That's your that's your revenge marriage. <gasps> you figured it out. That's my revenge marriage. It's my revenge against Green Day. Yes. What? Guess I couldn't get tickets. I'm having a revenge wedding, Billy Joe. Okay, okay. we have a... <laughs> we were interluded by Matthew. We have a mailbag? We have a mailbag. 
So this is entitled Fun, Fun, Fun. <laughs> I want you to read everything. <laughs> Listening to these two ladies is a blast. Feels like hanging out with friends. If you want your evening commute to fly by, then hit that subscribe button. Smiley face. Yeah, hit that subscribe. Hit it. Mm. Hit, hit it. Fast us. Hit it. <laughs> hit it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dumb and Busted. Thank you. Hit it. Hit it. Ow. Next time on the pod, Ashley. <laughs> oh, it's me. Um, Next time on the podcast, we have already done it, but we're watching 2001's On the Line, which I didn't know was a movie that existed. What? I did. I did in 2001. I did. Ooh, stories we will tell. Yep. Next episode. Da, da, da. <laughs> well, if you like this podcast, why not become a patron? Support the Cutaways Podcast at patreon.com slash cutawayspodcast, where you will get all of the fantastic little goodies that you have been seeing all over the internets. Yeah, like the Doctor Who Choose Your Own Adventure story that I'm doing. We, we only need one more, and we will set up a Twitch channel where we will play Minecraft for you. Yeah. Which, I am so proud of my new outfit. I have a new Minecraft skin. I, I love my Minecraft skin right now. I bought a new mouse. We really want to do this. I fished a bow, and it had power four and flame. I can, like, one-shot these fuckers now. Oh, you better not die and lose it. Oh, my fucking God, that would be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Our website is thecutaways.com, and you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at Cutaways Podcast. Please leave us comments, rate us, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. And if you want to start all the way back from the beginning, I am working out a way to fix the RSS feed. Boop, 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 boop. Thank you for joining the slumber party. Yes, thank you for joining us in the blanket fort. It's been fun. Hey. Now go out and kiss all of the Jessica Steins. Or kiss all the ladies. Or find your Jessica Stein. I'm going to go find my Jessica Stein. Yes. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I'm done. Hi, it's Carolyn and Vanessa from Not Another Another X-Files Podcast Podcast. We're the female-led X-Files podcast you didn't even know you were looking for. We've got plenty of opportunities for nostalgia, conspiracies, forbidden romance, and plenty of laughs. It's true. Come on over to our place in Vancouver, Canada. And revisit your favorite 90s sci-fi TV show. You'll be glad you stopped by. You can find us on all your favorite podcast spots. And on the web at notanotherxfpod.libsyn.com. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Music for this promo by Purple Planet.